Welcome to Marian Consecration, day 22. This is Father Zach, and it's an honor and a pleasure to have you with me as we enter into this last week and a half or so. Just want to encourage you to really do your best to persevere. Really want to encourage you also maybe to listen to some praise and worship music. Listen to something that will lift you up, because these last few days into the Marian Consecration are not always the easiest, and it can be easy to feel heavy. It can be easy to feel discouraged. That's all ultimately because the devil does not want any of us to be doing this. So if you know anybody else who is doing this with you, encourage them and do your best to not lose heart and to persevere. And let us begin by stating our why as to why we are doing the Marian consecration. And then we'll consecrate the day to the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. During this fourth and final week, we'll be focusing on the example and words of another great teacher of Marian consecration, St. John Paul II, the most Marian Pope, as he's been called, profoundly deepened the Church's understanding of Marian consecration. Building on the work of the Second Vatican Council, he provides us with a thoroughly biblical treatment of Marian consecration, which he also calls entrustment, and hones in on the idea that it is Mary's role to lead us into the mystery of Christ's redeeming love and self-consecration to the Father. Day 22, Mary's Gift of Mercy. Pope St. John Paul II is our patroness for this week, so let us ask for his intercession, as Father Michael Gilley writes. In 1917, while World War I raged, the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to three shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal. She told them that the war would end, but if people didn't convert, a worse war would follow, and Russia would spread its errors throughout the world, causing more wars, martyrs, and persecutions of the Church. To prevent this, Mary asked that the Holy Father consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart, and for people to make five consecutive First Saturday communions in reparation. In the end, she said her Immaculate Heart would triumph. It's interesting that Mary mentioned Russia. At the time, this was cause for confusion. Russia? Holy Russia? What errors would this devoutly Christian country spread throughout the world? And how could such a poor Russia exercise so much influence? At this point in history, the Soviet Revolution was in its infancy. The communist, atheist, totalitarian regime had not yet been established. After Mary gave her prophecy about Russia, the children saw a vision involving a bishop dressed in white, who they understood to be the Pope. With great distress, they saw that he would suffer much and then be shot and killed. The children described what they saw only to church authorities, 
who decided not to disclose it to the public. This became known as the last secret of Fatima. Now, the very first apparition of Our Lady of Fatima happened on May 13, 1917, at 5 p.m. Exactly 64 years later, May, on May 13, 1981, at 5 p.m., a small open-air jeep rode out into St. Peter's Square, carrying Pope John Paul II, who warmly greeted pilgrims gathered there in the square. At one point, the jeep stopped so the Pope could take a little girl into his arms. After he gave her back to her jubilant parents, the jeep continued on its way through the sea of waving, cheering pilgrims. Suddenly, a gunman fired two shots at the Pope from close range. The first bullet grazed his elbow. The second struck him in the abdomen and ricocheted inside him, shredding his intestines and piercing his colon. Miraculously, the bullet missed the main abdominal artery by one-tenth of an inch. Had it been struck or even grazed, John Paul would have bled to death on the way to the hospital. Realizing this, the Pope stated, quote, that one hand fired and another guided the bullet, end quote. What hand guided the bullet? John Paul believes it was the hand of Our Lady of Fatima on May 13th anniversary was not lost on him. In fact, after shooting, he asked for the envelope containing the last secret of Fatima, the one about the bishop dressed in white. Then with Fatima much on his mind, he thought to consecrate the world to Mary's Immaculate Heart as soon as possible, and he began composing an act of entrustment, which he solemnly prayed less than a month later. Even before this, within a week of the shooting, he repeated his own personal consecration to Mary in a recorded address to repeat to the pilgrims gathered in St. Peter's Square, quote, To you, Mary, I repeat, Totus tuus ego sum, end quote. On March 25th, 1984, in St. Peter's Square, before the official statue of Our Lady of Fatima that had been flown in for the occasion, John Paul made a solemn entrustment of the world to Mary's Immaculate Heart. He concluded the prayer with the following words. Let there be revealed once more in the history of the world the infinite saving power of the redemption, the power of merciful love. May it put a stop to evil. May it transform consciences. May your immaculate heart reveal for all the light of hope. After learning of the Pope's solemn entrustment, Sister Lucia, the lone survivor of the three Fatima seers, declared that it fully satisfied Our Lady's original request. Five years later, the horrific Soviet totalitarian regime that had terrorized millions of people suddenly came to an end. That victory won. The Pope didn't rest. What he once called the century of tears was far from over. To confront the ongoing evil and injustice in the world, he forcefully proclaimed, with growing frequency, the saving power of God's merciful love. 
His efforts to promote the, this message culminated in the establishment of the Universal Feast of Divine Mercy Sunday in the year 2000 and a solemn act of entrustment of the world to Divine Mercy in the year 2002. Three years after this entrustment, the great Marian Pope, the great Mercy Pope, died on a first Saturday in the Vigil of Divine Mercy Sunday. Mary had saved his life at the dawn of his pontificate so that through him, her divine son could lead the church to victory of mercy and the triumph of her immaculate heart. Today's prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, living Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. And let us prayerfully repeat that prayer ten times. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Come, Holy Spirit, living in Mary, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Pope St. John Paul II, pray for us. And may Almighty God bless you and your intentions in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.